Hey, everybody, it's Jeff. Before we start today, I have a couple of announcements for you. First, if you still need some last-minute production gear for your Christmas services, our friends at Church Gear would love to help you out. They're offering our listeners 10% off with code MXUCHRISTMAS. This should be all Church Tech's first stop when they go to buy gear for their church. They offer six months warranties exclusive to churches on their certified church-owned gear and test every piece of gear that comes into their shop. We love shopping their site, and we know you'll enjoy it as well. Second, with the new year approaching, you may be considering your options for investing in the live stream at your church. We can understand that at times it might feel like a big task to figure out where to spend money and how much to spend. We love that Canon offers cameras at every price point, and the image quality you get from their lineup is incredible. Many of the videos we've recorded this year at MXU were shot with Canon, and we know that you're certainly going to be in good hands using their cameras in your services this next year. All right, let's get started. I'll let the guys take it from here. All right, everybody, welcome to the MXU video podcast. This is episode number 12, and I'm joined with my friends Rusty and Zach. And uh, before we jump in, let me just remind everybody what our purpose of what we do is we're here to help all of us become better. So we want to become better. We want those who listen to become better. We want to help you be better from a video standpoint, a technical video standpoint. Um, And we want to shine light into our world and say, hey, let's be better together. So it's all about community. It's all about uh, leveraging what we know to help each other be better. So that's the long-winded version of why we're here. Uh, Zach Rusty, glad you're here with me. Uh, how are y'all doing? Good. Hey, just thanks for having me today. I'm so honored to be here. Yeah, Rusty, where are you at? Uh, I am currently in a hotel in downtown Los Angeles. I feel like most of our podcast, you end up being in a hotel, which is good because that's your job. It means you're traveling and and doing a gig. I'm working. Yeah. Man, it's been a busy season, though, especially with holidays. Happy, I mean, this is happy Thanksgiving. Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy holidays. Yep. Yep. I feel like it's been been tough to schedule this one. It's been a long time since we. uh, have had a po- podcast, at least it feels like it has been. Uh, so uh, we've been very busy, to be honest, and uh, it we've had a quick reminder of like how hard it is to actually schedule just uh, the three of us getting together and, and talking. So uh, you want to recap like what what you've been up to, Rusty or Zach, either one. Rusty, you go. We well, since we start we off, know. Let's start off with the start off with the MXU workshops. Oh that we yeah, did. yeah. Um, when was that? That was probably should have looked that up. No, it was, it was a like couple of weeks, weeks ago. A few weeks ago. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Anyway, um, yeah, the MXU video workshop. Well, it was, so two days of audio workshops, then a lighting workshop. I missed all of those. Uh, I know, Jeremy, you were there for part of it. Said it went well. Yep. It was fun to follow along on social media. Uh, but yeah, then we had our very first video workshop uh, that Jeremy and I were able to lead. Um, and it, it was a, it was awesome. I don't know. I don't know really what I expected. We had you know planned some stuff going into it, but being the first time, it's like I don't, I don't really know exactly how it's going to go. I've never done a eight hour uh, workshop and had to develop, develop content for all of that. But it was an awesome group. The MXU facility is um, a great space to host something like that. So I'm looking forward to that in the future. Anytime you're anytime you're around. The uh, I was going to say the great city of Knoxville, but that would be overselling it. Um, it's not. It's not bad. It's, just, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. There's yeah. definitely worse places they could have done it. 
Very true. It was actually, oh, I know when it was. It was the week after Georgia whooped some butt of Tennessee. Yep. That's the exact time that it was. So it was, it was a good time to be in Knoxville as a Georgia fan. Yeah. Um, I had to keep that G-rated there. So <laughs> I got one a funny story about that. Uh, so I walked into the uh, Aloft Hotel and I went upstairs to my room. I put my Georgia ball cap on and a hoodie just because that's all I had. And I walked down to the hotel um, lobby area and I met uh, some friends of mine that were there as well. And they walked up to the bartender and said, hey, how bad do you hate that guy wearing that Georgia hat right now? And the bartender looked and said, I, I'm just trying not to look at him right now. And I was like, uh, I did not even realize. It was, in all honesty, I, did, I totally forgot I was in Knoxville. Totally forgot it was a couple of days. You were just. I, I, I was just the noxious Georgia fan rubbing it in. You were subconsciously trolling. I know. It was. And uh, so they told me a story and I walked up to him and was like, hey, man, I apologize. I'm so sorry. It was not my intent. Uh, he's like, it's fine. You know, it's cool, whatever. And anyway, but yeah, I was like, I have become that guy, which, yeah. Yep. Anyway. Uh, but the workshops, I mean, just a real quick, you know, just a real quick overview of what it was. Because I think if, if we do them in the future, it's good for people to kind of know what, what it is. But we spent the first couple hours in the morning um, watching multiviews. So yeah. Jeremy put up a multiview from some recent stuff from uh, his church that he works at um, and serves at some in Atlanta. And we just kind of hit play on it. And then we pause it when we wanted to pause it and talk about something and talked about storytelling and camera selection and camera movement. Um, and it, I mean, it proved to be a, a really instructive time to be able to, let's watch some footage, be able to stop it in real time, ask questions, talk about what we're seeing, um, and just kind of, you know, learn from each other and help each other grow. It was a very, very intimidating process for me because I don't think I've ever like, um, prior, you know, in, in the past, I've always been in charge of it. And I've always sent multi-view recordings like to our volunteers and let them watch their camera shots. But I've never had like fellow video director people like watch and evaluate. So uh, yeah, somehow Rusty convinced me to go first and uh, it was very intimidating, but I, it was a very eye opening process. Um, and I, I just encourage everybody to do that because it's uh, yeah, it's awesome. Once you start hearing feedback from fellow video directors and people who lead teams. So yeah, it's, it was great. It was just intimidating at first. Do you think that some people should, uh, maybe if they could, record their multi-viewer and record themselves calling cameras and then go back and review? You know, Do you guys think that that would be something to be helpful for, for people of all skill sets? A thousand percent. That's, so we had intercom. So Rusty's multi-viewer and my, my multi-viewer had intercom recorded with it. So we listened to me talking on intercom. I think that's one of the most helpful parts is to hear yourself um, calling cameras and recording mm -hmm. it so that you can play it back and go, oh, I said that. I really meant this. Because there's so much about how we talk on intercom that affects the uh, video cut and it affects how we lead our teams. So I think it's very, very important to do that. You'll, if you listen to yourself, you'll learn, yeah, some of the things that you're saying that are confusing. But I think what you'll quickly learn is what kind of culture and mood am I setting with my team? Because that's what we do as video directors is work with most of the time, almost all the time, work with volunteers. And if you're creating a culture that's pessimistic or that's just not really fun to work with, you're going to lose, lose people quickly. And you listen to yourself on a multi-view multi recording 
and you'll just ask yourself, would I want to run camera for that person? Um, and it's, it's helped me a lot to kind of just be more upbeat and be more positive. That, that's exactly where I was going with it, Rusty, only because I have heard you call cameras in very high stressful situations. Um, and you, I think you do a good job of your energy and how your energy is extremely high, but, and sometimes you do get disappointed, but your energy offsets that because everyone's in the same mood and spirit as you are. And I, I definitely think, you know, you being a director, I think that drives the energy for everyone on your team. So if, if someone gives a bad shot and I feel like if you were to let on to them in the moment, Hey, that shot was terrible. Then there, it's just going to kill them for the rest of the time. Yep. But if you knowing in your mind, Oh, that was terrible. I can't say that though. And have it and just move on and move past it. And maybe you address it later. Maybe you don't, maybe it's just one of those things, but yeah, I think that that's cool. We talked about some of that stuff at the, at the workshops. So we talked about things like, um, maybe things that you wouldn't normally think you'd be talking about at the workshop, which is uh, team leadership. How do we lead a video team, uh, volunteers? How do we, um, you know, uh, set the standard or the expectation? How do we talk on calm? How do we put um, volunteers in the video director seat? Um, what does that look like? Um, it, was, it was, the topics were um, leadership and technical um, as the day right. went on. So it was really fun to have those conversations. Totally. So the, just real quick then, yeah, I, we did one of my multi-views. We watched a couple of different things, but we spent probably three hours doing that and it was super productive. Broke for lunch, came back, um, spent a bunch of time hands-on switcher stuff, uh, which I think was helpful because a lot of people, you know, especially in that room, you had churches that have a camera and then churches that have 10 cameras. So trying to, develop content for that range of mm -hmm. uh, you know, technical need was pretty tough. But often I forget, I, I work with switchers all the time and I often for, kind of forget that when you're in, you know, I, you could, I, there's a lot of people in that world who just basically just use a switcher to cut cameras and they don't really understand, don't know the world. They don't know what they don't know. Right. And I, I was there, I've been there for, was there for a while. So helping them kind of open their eyes to see that here's some possibilities of what you can do in more some more direct uh, advanced switching i mean take it way back rusty like one of the most confusing things for someone new is how to freaking key something especially when you're right. if you're doing it on chroma you know it's like how no like that doesn't make sense how are we going to take that output that we're looking at and are going to overlay it and not see all that green i mean i remember years ago uh that was one of the hardest things to wrap my head around of, of how is this working and understanding background transitions and how to bring keyers on and off air. So yeah, that you're right. That's totally, there's a lot of people that are just cutting cameras and don't even utilize graphics maybe because of the fear of it. And it's actually, once it clicks, it clicks. Yep. So that was, that was great. Um, yeah, we, so we digged in some macros and some custom controls and how to do some fly keys. Stuff that I think people generally could walk away with and they were like, hey, I want to do that on Sunday. So, you know, afterwards I would show them more closely, like, here's how we did it. You know, DM me if you can't figure it out kind That's of cool. thing, you know. So I think that was that was encouraging to see people actually walk away with some uh, some things they definitely wanted to yeah. try. Yeah, it was fun. I'm glad we we had that experience and I'm looking forward to the next time we get to be able to do it and, and more of our community jump in and join us and um, at the end of the day, we all 
we all get better in those environments. So uh, I, I went, we went to dinner and I uh, told Rusty, I was like, Hey, you, your, your multi-view recording showed, showed me how much I've been phoning it in and not realizing it. <laughs> and uh, like, Hey, I got to do better. Cause um, yeah, not that I was really phoning it in, but it just inspired me to like, there's ways that, that even what I do on Sundays uh, can get better. So I'm excited about implementing those, those things. Very cool. Um, any other thoughts before we move on to an, another topic that I have on my mind? Uh, I don't know what your next topic is, but I was, I was going to say, um, at some point I love to talk about what I'm doing here in LA, but a couple of weeks ago I was in, I was working on a, Complex Con, you guys ever heard of Complex Con? I'd never heard of it. But currently, no. It's like it's like Comic Con, sort of a big convention, but all for but it's all for hip hop and mm-hmm. like the rap rap community. Which uh, I don't listen to a lot of music in general, um, so I'm not super familiar with hip hop music. But this conference was pretty cool. Uh, I was working with an awesome awesome guys at GT Pro. Uh, they're out in Long Beach, California, and. Um, I was mostly doing like the big room where we, we just built like did like four sessions of uh of panel discussion. So it was pretty simple, like talking head stuff. But some really cool conversations. One of them was like sneaker of the year. That kind of blew my mind about the sneaker culture is outrageous. Yeah. Um I knew it was I knew it was big, but I didn't know it was this big. I mean, you know, you got Nike making shoes with Louis Vuitton stuff on it, going for tens of thousands of dollars. I don't know who these people are buying this stuff, but pretty crazy. But what was what was fun for me was, um, so I, I was there on Saturday. We did all the, the panel discussions and stuff. The next day, the last day of the conference, they were going to live stream a music video, uh, a, a concert. Artist named Nigo, um, I was not familiar with, but apparently pretty big deal. And uh, for that, they were bringing in their own, like a different uh, production company was going to do it. And Amazon Music was going to be in charge of live streaming it. So I was involved with some meetings with them, going into it, just you know making sure the handoff from saturday to sunday was going to go well um but i was humbled and i think this community will appreciate this story uh because in my mind you know amazon music is going to roll up they've got a truck that's going I'm, I'm in a fly pack in the back of the room they're rolling in it with a truck and they're going to load in cameras and i saw a camera plot and it's going to have cinematic uh it's a cinematic capture which i'm super excited about because i see their lensing and that kind of thing well they start unloading the truck and i'm just kind of you know peeking around trying to see what i can see and uh I realized that all the cameras they're about to shoot this thing with are Blackmagic Ursa G2s. Blew my mind. Did wow. not see that coming. I thought for sure it's going to be Sony F5500s, I don't know, Sony Venice, something crazy if they're rolling up with Amazon Music in a truck. Because Amazon Music is kind of killing the game right now with live concert streaming and stuff. So that kind of blew me away. You know, humbled me a little bit. And then uh, I finally, as I was leaving, I, got, I was able to walk into the truck and see what this truck was all about because um, it was a double expando, real deal uh, engineering truck. And I walk in there, and the switcher is the 4ME Blackmagic panel. Wow. And I was floored. <laughs> wow. People are putting Blackmagic switchers in trucks now. So, you know, shut up, Rusty. Stop hating on it so much. <laughs> well. It, was there a was there a box in the machine room with a spare one in there? <laughs> I mean, you know, probably underneath the bay somewhere. No, it's just already racked underneath there. That's for what. Anyway, yeah, just kidding. Um. Well, I will say, like at the end of the day, it's when you're doing a camera cut and you're not doing any sophisticated keyers or complex macros. 
you know, that's that's what black magic does best. It's gonna do yeah. you're gonna cut cameras and, and if you're using black magic cameras. Yeah. Right. If you're in that ecosystem, then stay yeah. in the stay in that ecosystem. It's true. Yeah. Um well that's cool. That's all so did you have any uh influence in that or that they were just rocking up and running the show and you're just you were just watching? Yeah, totally separate. Okay. Cool. Totally separate, yeah. Cool. So you're working on an event this week that we can talk about at a later date. Is that what you say? Like you want to talk about what you're doing now? Since this is airing later, we can talk about it. Um, it's pretty cool. This is a new thing kind of for me. I am. So basically, yeah, I'm in LA and we're shooting the JCPenney Holiday Spectacular is what it's called. JCPenney Live Holiday Spectacular. It's a one hour variety show that's going to air on Facebook Live uh, in a couple of actually tomorrow. Um, so you guys can tune in if you like Facebook, JCPenney, 8 o'clock Eastern. Um, but it's we're in like a soundstage, and so we've been loading in the last couple of days, uh, and there's a, a whole team from a Hollywood set decoration team out here building incredible sets on this. We have a, basically a 50 by 50 white psych wall um, that we're building three different stages on it. Uh, it's pretty pretty impressive to watch all these people work, and they show up with just a bunch of, honestly, a bunch of like, it looks like junk, <laughs> like just prop junk and pieces of wood. And they're hammering and sawing and drilling all day, and they're making this thing come to life. And it's pretty incredible to watch them to do that. Uh, and then we're, so we're, um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of helping PM it, direct it, bringing in cameras, switching, uh, using concept pixels out here in LA, Eddie, who I think uh, is part of the community. He does a lot of elevation tour stuff. And uh, yeah, so we're doing like a five camera live shoot. Uh, that'll air on Facebook, and it's um, going to be pretty cool. So it's like we'll do some hosting moments, some giveaway moments, some raising money for charity moments, and then the the artist. So Naz Perez is our host, and then uh, our guest artist is the Backstreet Boys. So you know, awesome for high school meet, and even now they're, they're still, the music still slaps a little bit. I mean, come on. Yeah, that's funny. I'm about to text Kim they're right gonna, now and say that Rusty's on a Backstreet Boys gig, <laughs> and she's going to lose her mind. Yeah, it's pretty fun. So we're it's just going to be a fun like almost like a tonight show variety show kind of thing where we have a lot, a lot of different segments they're going to play some games together do some wacky stuff guess what's in the box you know we were standing behind a box and you have to put your hands in and you know try to f- figure out what you're what you're feeling so a lot of stuff like that they'll sing a few songs acapella um and then we'll we'll be done so it's like a quick one hour show um but it's 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 a fun kind of two days of rehearsal kind of figuring it all out figure out the blocking and then just do it live for the world and then be done so i'm excited about it that's great that's cool. So you're you're not video directing, but you're helping make everything come together. Yeah, I, I am directing in the sense of like like stage directing it and helping with blocking, but I will not be physically cutting Got the it. camera. So that makes sense. Yep. I'll be more producing once the thing actually happens. Oh, that's cool. Um, but yeah, so we're doing all red komodos uh, with Canon Cine glass. Um, that's great. Yes, yeah, so I think it should look good. That's great. That's awesome. Well, you get to do all the cool stuff. Like Zach and I are just over here working our day job, like doing things, and you get to yeah. That's the life of the freelancer. The world go round yeah. though. Zach, what have you been up to? I, I feel like I've seen on you on on social media getting to see some. And you're working with some awesome churches, which is really fun. Yeah, uh, it's been cool. We've been going. I've been going around a decent amount. Uh, maybe once a week, I'll travel out. Um, it's funny you said the red cameras. I went out to. Uh, victory in tulsa a couple weeks ago saw a red camera a few red cameras out there but been there been out to uh 
Dallas a few times. Um, working, we did a myself and Tyler went down a few weeks ago to Dallas, or sorry, no, to Austin. All of Texas is running together, especially when you get on a plane and you just show up somewhere else. I've learned that that's the biggest thing. It's like where where did I fly to again today? Right. Um, so that's been cool. Uh, been working on a a big potential overhaul for for another church um, that could potentially have some twenty one ten stuff in it. Uh, which is very cool. Myself, Chris Winnie, and uh, John have learned a lot about 2110 in the past few weeks because we were pretty much have dove headfirst into it, learning, learning capabilities of it, learned that it is still uh, hella expensive to do some stuff. Um, if you want to do 12G at 2110, that's where some costs uh, come into play. Um, that we definitely learned that it was very discouraging to uh, want to design a 2110 system uh, or a hybrid system with a mix of both. And then some, some certain pieces of gear, uh, let's just say that uh, where the option to take it to 2110 at 12 G was more, at least half the cost of a CCU. Um, And it's just like, I think we still have a long way to go before a lot of people are able to humor a full 2110 system. I don't think that that's a thing for a while. Um, I mean, to the point that we designed 12G cameras around gateways uh, just to get them to 2110 because that was cheaper than putting 2110 cards in certain pieces of gear. Um, And I realized I said CCU, so that kind of gave it away. But we, we were working and looking at multiple manufacturers on this project and both manufacturers that we were looking at the, the 12 G 2110 option is drastically ridiculously uh, high in price for both of them. So it wasn't one or the other. Um, kind of feels like, like 15 years ago when everybody was like, should we do HD? Yes. And it was still too expensive. I was like, no, it's still five years out. Exactly. So, I mean, we're looking at doing a lot of this system in 12G, but we're still all going to, it's still all going to be baseband um, on SDI just because of the, the cost difference that is there is, uh, is astronomical. Let's just say that that's a, that's a good way to put it. Um, and I guess it's just because things are, like I said, things are still being developed. Yeah. 2110 is crazy. Uh, as we've heard from the past couple of episodes, um, Sounds cool, but when you get into the weeds of it, it gets crazy. Um, it's, I guess that's part of being on the the bleeding edge of technology, some as well. Um, yeah, for so, sure. I mean, I remember five years ago to think, you know, for a system to go UHD was astronomical, and now so many of the manufacturers just make UHD hardware, and that's the only thing you get. Yeah. You know, so. Yep. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. Have you seen some? Uh, there's been a couple of new cameras on the market. Have you had any experience with those cameras and yeah, thoughts? I, I have actually seen, uh, the new Vericam studio. I can't even remember the part number. The part number makes no sense of what any of us would hope and pray <laughs> that it would be. We would, you know, I think in the right world, we would all think Vericam studio. No, it's not that it's some letters and numbers like every other camera that Panasonic makes. Yeah. Uh, but it's a very cool camera. Uh, it was not fully functional. Um, so we were able to see an image through it. Uh, that is about all that was ready with it for now. Uh, so it's like, it's like still an alpha. It's still not even beta. I mean, I'll be honest. The, uh, the, I can't remember which Panasonic guy told us this, but apparently the engineer that flew over from Japan with it, there are two that exist. They both went to NAB New York and they got it out, set it up, 
and the engineer from Japan said, wow. And everyone was like, what do you mean, wow? He said, this is the first time I've seen it make picture. <laughs> so they were like, that's how fresh that's it incredible. is. But uh, it looked good. It looked like a Vericam, but it has the body of a 3900. I'm pretty sure that it is the 3900 body, uh, but with the Vericam guts, with cinema glass on the front, native Sympy fiber on it, the native uh, Panasonic pop-on rear viewfinder. I mean, it is, it is what we've all been asking for, um, and it looks good. And I mean, is it all UHD? Yeah, like, yep, yeah, yeah. So, and it, I mean, it works with any of the. Uh, I think they said it will work with all of the current Panasonic CCUs. Um, so it's not like you've got to buy anything random. If I mean, to the point, if you have pa- the current supported model CCUs and you want to go to this camera, you just buy the camera. Um, because the, all the ROPs cool. are the same, like it, it functions just like we have all wanted it to. So, I mean, it's a very cool camera. It's got one channel of intercom on it. Um, pretty sure it had a program return on it. So all the basic things that we've all wanted. That's great. That's exciting. Did they, have they talked about like when they think it'll ship? Um, yes, but I don't know if that's say. public. <laughs> uh, it's sooner, sure. it's sooner than we... It, it's soon. Let's just say that it's sooner than it than a lot of us probably would have thought. It's next year. I will say that, and just in case I'm not supposed to say when, I'll just say next year. Zach, as right. as a fellow, uh, as a person in, from the manufacturer world, I got real nervous for you over the last couple of minutes because I'm like, oh crap! I wonder if he's saying stuff that he's not supposed to say. Anyway, uh, so. As as the guy who just walks up to the booth at NAB and says, "Ask questions," I don't feel nervous at all. It's up to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> tell me what you can tell me. <laughs> no, I mean, it was it was at NAB New York and was on yeah, the show floor. Yeah. So I'm pretty yeah. much going with it's public and it's on the website. Yeah. So, um, cool. Any other, any other cameras you've seen? Uh, I've also seen some of the new Sony stuff. Uh, the F5500. Like, it looks very okay. good as well. Um, cool. That, that's the new part number right yeah that's it it's basically 5500 body but the f is yeah, like yeah. the and it i, I mean it looks it's because of the old f yeah a 55 series from the Cinema right world. right right yes and so same thing just the sony flavor i thought that uh, i have not seen them side by side but i have seen them in the same space um and i thought that they both look equally good um i, I think i truly think and I'll, I'll be very careful saying this as an integrator now but I think it truly comes down to your preference on, do you want Sony or do you want Panasonic? I think they are both making great cameras. I mean, we have a ton of jobs right now that, uh, one might have Panasonic and then another job that I could work on on the same day, we might put Sony on it. It just, uh, it just depends on, you know, what the flavor is of, you know, there's some people there that won't do but a certain manufacturer because they've had good luck with it. Um, and, and we're, right. we're dealing with, uh, with that right now with, with one of our clients and I get it. So, you know, it's just, like I said, I think they both look great. Uh, I'm excited for what's ahead in that future, given that I'm not going to say elevation cut their teeth with Vericam, uh, but it's been there for a long time and there's been a lot of headaches with it. Um, that we knew we were getting into with how we wanted to do it because we knew we needed empty cameras at elevation um, and things that I've complained about for a long time. So, yeah. Yeah, and 
the the F fifty five hundred is out in the wild now. I know it's on a lot of sports shoots, sports broadcasts. Um, so it's out there. It's exciting, and I would I would just add like these are just two of the of the newer cameras that are the fully engineered body, yeah. ENG body with native sympathy. There's lots of other options, right? Like we love the Canon stuff, yep. but it's just a different, it's a different set of, of camera. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we're excited about it because it's, um, it, like Zach said, the cinematic camera coming into a broadcast body that then if you go back to a couple of, uh, podcasts ago, we talked about some of this cinematic stuff, how like, the two worlds are converging and the technology is converging together and it's getting better and it's working together more seamlessly. So these camera technologies, uh, migrations are exciting because of that. Um, in particular, the church, um, production application. So that's why we get, you yeah. know, pretty geeky when it comes to like being excited about these cameras coming out. What I want to talk about, and unless there's anything else on your mind, uh, for the couple of minutes we have left is um, Christmas prep. Uh, all three of us have had opportunities to lead teams during Christmas, to um, prep for services, to lead our video teams. And so I, I would love to uh, talk a little bit about what it looks like to prep for Christmas, what some of our challenges have been, how we overcome some challenges, and maybe even um, give some insight to folks uh, listening about Christmas. So. Uh, y'all want to jump into that or do you got something else on your mind before we go there? No, I'm good with that. No, yeah, let's go for it. Okay. Tis the season. Tis the season. So like my thought is like every Christmas, uh, I'll start here and then I'll ask you guys, um, your thoughts as well. But, uh, as we start Christmas prep, I think we've all, every team that I've been part of and I've been part of, uh, several different churches, um, is that we never start soon enough for me. Um, that's number one. And then I would get frustrated by that. And then I feel like production always ends up being like the last minute thing to scramble and, and pull something off. So that's kind of my context. Um, and I also feel like the context of Christmas planning for us and, and services is um, it's uh, we always felt the need to do something over and above and more um, uh, extravagant. Yet, I feel like there's always a tug to go very extravagant for Christmas services because it's like the Super Bowl part two uh, of our uh, church experience. Um, the second biggest weekend, or maybe it's the first big, biggest weekend, depending on your church culture. Um, and you want to be very, very extravagant in what you do from a production standpoint. But you also, the next week when people show up, you also want the following week to be uh, similar. Like you want to keep your cultural vibe, but go... Uh, big. And so I think that's always been a challenge for me as we walk into Christmas planning. Uh, do you guys have any thoughts on that in regard to that, that type of stuff? No, I, I think I fully agree with the, what you said. It definitely is. I think that there is, I think all production people will feel like at some point that they have been the last ones to be thought about. I think that that's the nature of things and I mean, I saw that with myself over all my years at Elevation, even before I was on staff at Elevation, when I was the production company renting the gear to Elevation. I don't know. We always joke when we get there and they're in the heat of it. It's like, hey, um, last time I checked, Christmas comes every year on December 25th. So we're going to do Christmas Eve. Why are we waiting until a month out to plan for it? And it, it's been fun 
over the years to see even elevation change because things have gotten better of where planning gets farther and farther out and it alleviates stress. But I think one thing that helped me was I just mentally prepared to know that it's going to be last minute and it's going to be stressful because if you go into it and you've been doing it for years and I'm not saying that that's the way it should be, but if you can do that for yourself, because you can't help the situation, you can do everything you can do to like help plan. Hey, reminder, programming team, Christmas is coming. Um, but just don't let yourself get frustrated about things that you can't fully control when at the end of the day, it is your job to execute it and pull it off. And I think that it's a time to have a conversation and be like, well, sorry, we waited too long. We can't, we can't do that. And that's acceptable. Uh, I think there's a lot of things that that's acceptable for. If you want to do something, you can't get gear. Um, you, know, you can almost always find people, but if you can't get a special element you can't get it and your programming team or your leadership team has to just accept that there's there's nothing you can do yep yeah i think that's that's all great as you were saying that uh both of you were talking about that kind of one thing i kind of a couple things kind of came to my mind is i think over time i've just learned to have more grace for people um yeah because i think i've yeah early on even still some now, but yeah, you, I remember getting so frustrated about why are we, why are we doing this so late? You know, cause I would know what that's going to require man hour wise for me and my team, that kind of stuff. But the, I guess the older I get, the more I realize I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty solid procrastinator myself, Yeah, you know? Same. And so I got to have some grace for people cause there's plenty of things in my life that I know about, but I get busy and I get distracted and I have other things pulling my, pulling my attention and it comes down to it. And it's like, yeah, I meant to do that earlier, but here we are now and let's do it. You know? So when appropriate, have grace for people. Um, obviously that's a broad stroke. Yeah. I think the, the challenge that I always had was like, Hey, had I, had I known about this, it could have been so much better and we could have done X, Y, and Z. And I think it's kind of un- somewhat unique to our context that we've worked for bigger churches. I think, um, if I put myself in the mind of like smaller churches who um, those folks out there being a worship leader or working directly with senior pastor, um, just making things happen every week. It's like uh, that Christmas service prep looks a little bit different than probably the stuff that you and I have worked on uh, or the three of us have worked on um, in the past. So just think about as we, we talk about Christmas prep, just think about like if you're in the context of, Hey, I've got a small team. Hey, it's it's just me as a worship pastor and a bunch of volunteers on our production team. Whatever it may be, um, what works to help get you ahead for your team? Um, pass along information uh, earlier and sooner, things like that. Which that's a whole another topic that we could talk about. But um, yeah, it's always like, don't feel frustrated. It just is what it is. And then afterwards, talk about like, hey this year could have been better had we known, you know, of some things happening or known what you wanted to do. And I think in particular, senior pastors are, they're doing their best they can to come up with a sermon 50 times a year. And so I think their Christmas sermon, they got to retell the Christmas story a different way this year than did last year. And I think there's a reason why that information probably doesn't get conveyed to us until last minute, because at the end of the day, they're trying to figure out 
how to do that differently this year. So again, it goes back to that thing that you talked about, that grace thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like even on that, I mean, senior pastors are people just like us. Yeah. And I think all of us go through spurts and I see it all the time on social media where it's like XYZ church is trying to do the most amazing thing to get the wow the most people on Instagram. It's like, what can I do bigger and better this year or bigger and better than that church? And that's a trap we all fall into. And we talk about all the time. Like, that's yeah. not the point. That's not what we're here for. The point is to minister to people, like to lead people in the presence of Jesus, especially in Christmas time. And you guys got to remember, I mean, I can't imagine being a senior pastor and feeling some of that also. Like, how do I communicate the story of Christmas better than so-and-so? Yeah. Because uh, we're natural humans. Like, we're all going to fight that that competition, that measuring ourselves up to someone else. Yeah. And, you know, so just have some grace for people and pray for all of us hold each other accountable. Let's all remind ourselves that it's not about wowing someone on social media. Uh, it's about reaching our community. And like all of our programming decisions, all of our technical decisions should be wrapped in the question of, does this help us tell the story of Jesus to the people that come to our church, not the people that see our posts on Instagram? Right. Yeah. yeah. So what's, um, what's some practical tips? I mean, I have a few in my mind, but what's some practical tips to help during this Christmas season to lead the video team, to prepare technically, to um, maybe deal with some of the challenges we just talked about. Um, y'all got any practical tips for us? I mean, I think just stay, stay healthy um, on this side of it. Now you would go and lock yourself in that building for a, for a day or for 12 hours, 18 hours, man, take a break. Stop and eat lunch. Don't eat lunch walking around. Don't have someone bring you lunch and eat a cheeseburger on the front edge of the stage. Like, stop and walk out. Um, I realize how draining that was to to never get out. And it's great, and everyone always brings and fills up that giant snack table, but not, but that stuff just makes you feel terrible, and it just makes the days feel longer. Just stay away from the candy. It, uh, I'm not trying to go on a health thing. I'm just, you know, I've been there. You're not wrong. And I mean, you just, you'll pound a bag of candy in, in an hour and not realize it. And then you're dragging and everyone's all of a sudden like, why do I feel like crap? And it's like, oh, I ate all that candy. Uh, now I need to, I, I just want to go home now. I wanted to go home before, but now I really want to go home or actually, can we just go take a nap? So, I mean, that's just something practical that I always tried to do. It never worked out, but I always had it in the back of my head as I'm sitting there pounding the candy. I'm like, I should stop doing this. <laughs> Yeah, or the greasy, the greasy cheese and pepperoni pizza that we brought in for lunch and all that. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. So you're saying have a salad every now and then. Yep. Well, that's good. I think um, I check to encourage people, uh, video directors, tech directors at churches. Like Christmas is a great time. I, I say this with with caution. Like I I don't want you to hear this and say do the most because I, I literally just said keep, you know, rain or den, don't do something crazy. But I do think Christmas is a good opportunity to try something new. Um, oftentimes what we do every Sunday is rinse and repeat. And, you know, there's a few times a year where maybe you have some extra budget or allocated funds to do something creative. Um, and so just take an opportunity to try something. New. This could be a good chance to, you know, move a camera to a new location. Um, cause things are generally more forgivable at Christmas time. Cause you know, programmatically you're doing a lot of mm-hmm. new stuff. Uh, rent a new lens that you've been wanting to try or that thing you saw someone do on a, on a switcher. And you're like, man, I want to figure that out. Like this could be a good chance to try to figure it out. Um, 
for some chargers it could be hey let's add haze you know <laughs> like yeah i don't know there could be some things that you could this could be a chance to try something new try something creative all at the aim of uh of that storytelling thing we talk about all the time so if there's some production piece or technical piece that could help you with your storytelling at christmas let's uh you know use this as an opportunity to try it that's good um uh, so my my tips uh, would be um, over communicate to your teams. Um, so the context for me is just le- leading teams, leading your video team. Um, over communicate to them as you lead up to Christmas. Hey, here's some things we're trying to do differently. Here's a creative thing that we're trying to do. Um, all that. Here's some style things we're trying to do. Um, I would also say so over communicate. Be prepared more than you normally are, which is a challenge. It goes back to that whole like working uh you know till late at night or whatever but like do what you can to be prepared and what you can control um so that when uh volunteers show up on sunday uh, everything's prepared everything's ready to go and you don't have any surprises so be prepared more than you usually are and then uh those two things lead to my number three is like try to have fun with your team i think there's been so many times, so many Christmases where we spend, we do extra amount of services and we spend extra amount of time together as a team. And I look back and I'm like, we just grinded through these services and we never had fun. And then it's because I was dealing with some technical flaws or I was dealing with things that I wasn't prepared for. I didn't communicate well. So I was having to have um, extra conversations on Sundays or on Saturdays, whenever the services are happening. So the way you can have fun with your team is when you over communicate, you over prepare. And so therefore when the services are happening, you can have fun with your team. You can enjoy the conversations. You can uh, enjoy those meal conversations, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I would say helps you have a better Christmas experience. Ultimately you're responsible for the experience that your volunteers have, not only the experience of the people in the room, but the experience your volunteers have. And so, um, do whatever you can to help make that a success. I'd say, I'd say one thing That's to great. that, that we shifted the mindset a couple of years ago, at elevation. Um, we used to like for Christmas and Easter and any big event, like elevation does tons of rehearsals uh, and full dress was the biggest joking laugh internally with some of us on the tech team. Cause it never was. And for this longest time, not longest time for years, the very first rehearsal we had where anything were, was coming together it was always this blanket statement full production full camera team all this and so the worship team's on stage sitting down because they're still workshopping through this as we go through it and the full camera team mind you elevation is like 10 to 12 people and they've they're just locked down cameras and there we would do one or two rehearsals before the camera team was ever even needed. And the volunteers just got burnt out. And we went through the season of where it was hard to get people because they're coming to do nothing. They're complaining to us about doing nothing. It's making the church look bad to the volunteers because it looks like we don't have our crap together. But in reality, we do. This is just the first time it's all been on stage. And so now, uh, and I'm assuming that this is what Jared's doing this year, but they're doing Christmas rehearsals right now, I'm pretty sure, but they won't bring the camera in, team in until the first true dress rehearsal. And we did have some pushback. It's like, well, it's not going to be a dress rehearsal because the camera team's never seen it. And we're like, well, there's been nothing for them to see up until this point. 
So we're going to bring them in now. And we slowly shifted that mindset and we, and there was a ton of pushback at first. Like it was exhausting. And I'm not going to say we finally just put our foot down and just didn't book the camera team, but, but we did. Um, and, and it was fine and it's been great because the volunteers that are coming in to run it, they have been doing it forever and they do it every Sunday. They're just shooting the same thing to them. It doesn't matter what else is going on. Yeah, there's a special element. Oh, you've got a B stage. All right, cool. We need to move that camera to here during this segment. You just need to make sure you stop shooting, roll the camera to that, be ready for this shot. I don't know. So just protect your team in that aspect as well. Yeah, that's a great word. I mean, we, we made that shift even on a Sunday to Sunday basis, eventually at Passion City. Yeah, the same thing. Everybody was coming in at the same time. Yeah. And you spent your first hour literally doing nothing. So just be mindful of your call times and for sure. things as you can. That's great. Yeah. I think um, one thing that we've all uh, not struggled with, not the right term, but I've always been curious about is like schedules and stuff. So uh, I'm going to say this for the three of us and hope it's okay, but uh, feel free to, if if you're out there trying to figure out your Sunday schedule or, or your Christmas schedule, or like, how should you manage your volunteers? Feel free to reach out to us on Instagram uh, via DM or something. And we would love to be able to help you um, say yay or nay, or what's best for, you know, your camera call time schedule or dress rehearsal schedule. Like we'd love to be able to, um, help, uh, as you, uh, prepare for your Christmas volunteers this season. So I'm just going to say that for Rusty and Zach, uh, if they don't get back to you, feel free to DM me or vice versa or whatever. So yeah, I'll fall for it. That was one of the topics that came up a lot during the workshops. We talked a lot about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, before we part ways, anything else we need to talk about? Um, no, I feel like this has been good. It's been a while since we've done one. I'm glad we need to get together and do one in person. So you can figure yep. it out. Yep. But this I agree. Good. I feel like our conversations will be even better. I feel like they're, they've always been even better when we're in person doing one. Yeah, I agree. And we will, uh, we'll continue to crank out podcasts for all of us. And, uh, we're looking forward to, we've got, um, we're going to do one on uh, lighting for video, which uh, we're excited about. So stay tuned for that. That's going to be coming up. And we've got a few other special guests that we're trying to line up. So uh, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you spread uh, the link around. And uh, yeah, we'll all be better together as we are on this journey. So until next time. Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Bye, guys. If you've seen or heard anything from MXU, you've probably gathered that we care deeply about helping you create healthy teams. We know that you have a lot on your shoulders, but you don't have to bear it all alone. MXU can come alongside you to help you recruit volunteers and bring them on board in a healthy way. With our platforms, you gain back valuable ministry time as we take over the bulk of training from entry level to advanced concepts in audio, video, and lighting. Keeping your team healthy should be a priority at any church, and a healthier team means a healthier you. Start building a healthy team at getmxu.com.